0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing
0: down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boy, presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. It is noon on a Tuesday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Erin Maloney is here. Erin?
2: So we're going to start with the news of what happened last night, the traumatic event with DeMar Hamlin. So Roger Goodell just sent this memo to clubs regarding DeMar Hamlin. It states, during last night's game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals, Bills safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. DeMar experienced cardiac arrest and was promptly resuscitated by on-site club physicians and independent medical personnel, all of whom are highly trained in implementing the plans for medical emergencies. DeMar was stabilized and transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, a level one trauma center, where he remains in the ICU. We did learn a short time ago, after discussions with the two teams and the NFLPA, they were advised, Buffalo and Cincinnati, that last night's game will not be resumed this week and no decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. So, What do you guys think about all that? I mean, first, your reaction to what you saw last night. I mean, it was one of those things that once you saw it, your stomach dropped and there were no words. But now how the NFL is handling this traumatic experience.
0: Yeah, I I just keep coming back to the players and the coaches on the field because they... The reaction of the players told you all you needed to know that this was not something we've seen before. And I really, I, I can't say it enough and I'm seeing it more and more on social media. I mean people obviously picked up on it, but Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, there's no playbook for handling what they had to handle last night. There, you know, imagine being in that position as a coach. You're like, wait a minute, that's that's either my player who I know really well or if you're Zach Taylor, okay, that's a player on the, and, and like T. Higgins, I'm sure, is probably pretty shaken up too. I mean, he yeah. just ran into him. Right. Um, but then to not only have to like kind of handle your own emotions, but you've got to handle the emotions of 50 plus. I mean, it's not just the players, it's all your coaches and everything. I thought those two got together and handled that as well as you could possibly handle it.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, um, when they were talking about the trainers administering cpr on the field that to me was when i thought to myself they're not gonna finish this game and when that word was spreading you could see the players coming down to the field mm-hmm. and i'm talking about the Bengals players coming out of the field the bills players were all out there of course the Bengal players suddenly came out when they came out oh my goodness um, that's when the combination of knowing what was going on, watching some of the trainers sprint from from the middle of the field where he was over to the bench to get something, retrieve something. When you see that happening, you're thinking to yourself, oh my, oh my goodness, this is so shocking. To say the least, I've never seen anything like it myself. Um, I don't know if the league has ever seen anything like it in the 21st century. Um, Absolutely stunning. Where they go from here, I do not know. I honestly have no guess as to where Roger Goodell and the NFL will go and how this... Game is going to be vetted and weighed and measured and evaluated. When are they going to do it again? No idea, but I think we'd all agree you wouldn't want to be sitting where Goodell is right now.
2: Yeah. The whole Wolf and Luke show, thoughts and prayers are with Damar Hamlin and hoping for a recovery that was very scary. And there's no easy way to transition out of that. We'll continue to keep you updated on anything that we hear on that situation. Um, David Blau played about as well as could be expected for a quarterback being named the starter on a Friday and playing two days later. He completed 24 of his 40 passes for 222 yards and a touchdown pass to Trey McBride. So after watching the tape, what did Cliff Kingsbury see from the quarterback?
3: Uh, You know, I thought operationally he um, did well move the ball uh, made good decisions for the most part and that was basically the one day of actually full practice so i liked um just how he handled himself and things we like to have back no doubt but um for the most part i thought the limited time on task he did a nice job
2: so our sanderson Ford poll question is up now at arizona and it asks which arizona cardinals quarterback should start the final game of the regular season Colt McCoy, David Blau, Trace McSorley.
0: Uh, Definitely not Colt McCoy, in my mind. So there's just no point. I mean, the fact that he was kind of going to start, and then they were like, we're going to be a little bit cautious with this because he seemed you like know. he was... Having, there's no reason. You know what Colt McCoy is. He's going to be here next year. He's probably going to be the backup next year. So to me, it's Blau or McSorley, and I think that just comes down to internally. I, I kind of not laugh, but like last week when Cliff was like, well, we got to evaluate David Blau. It was like, well, do you have to evaluate every free agent that's out there? Why do you specifically have to evaluate him? But if they liked what they saw or any of what they saw in that game, I mean, wouldn't you just play Blau and McSorley and be like, all right, one of you is going to be here next year and one of you isn't. Yeah. Give one the first half and give one the second half.
1: To answer your question, no. Um, David Blau. <laughs> hey, David well, Blau. And like, I, listen, you got I'm a definitive Trace. answer on this, I, finally. Absolutely. I know. I, I, I love Trace McSorley. I, I love what he did in preseason, I think he still needs an awful lot of seasoning. you got to remember, David Blau has been in the league. He's been around here. This isn't his first role. Well, he
0: earned the right to start with what he did last week, I would say. Yes. On the most simple level.
1: I'm just saying he's been around in terms of being in the National Football League and having seasons. Um, to be in the National Football League. Having said that, based on his performance last week, oh my goodness, I I think you're going to go into this game last week of the season and say, David Blau, we're going to take another look at what he can do. I think rightfully so. He was fantastic. The, The Arizona Cardinals did not lose to the Atlanta Falcons because of David Blau.
2: The Phoenix Suns fell to the Knicks yesterday, 102-83, as the Suns scored a season-low 11 points in the first quarter and season-low 83 for the game. Here's Monty Williams.
3: The only way to get through tough times is to go through. That's it. I told the guys that. We're not going off to war. We're not getting a tough diagnosis. It's basketball. And we've done it here before. Our first year, we lost eight in a row. We finished the season winning eight in a row. So I know it can be done. There has to be a collective belief in our group uh, across the board about how we need to play, but having a belief when we get hit in the mouth that we still have to play that one.
2: What does this team need the most right now?
3: Uh, Another
0: (laughs) scorer. I mean, there's that, that doesn't need to be a guy that drops 71 like Donovan Mitchell last night or 70 like Booker can or 58 like he did against New Orleans. But just somebody on a night when Devin Booker maybe doesn't have a shot in the first quarter that you have somebody else that's like, yeah, I'll get us 24 tonight. And by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, Booker's shot will be falling.
1: Yeah, for me, what does this team need right now? They need a mentality. Collectively, they need a mentality like they had last year. They need an attitude like they had last year. They need an intensity level like they had last year. I I know they got to get healthy. I understand that. We all do. We, We all get that. They have to get healthy. But even when they were healthy, things weren't going great. I think we'd all agree as of late. What does this team need? They need a mentality like they had last season and the way they competed last year. They need to find that mentality. Where is that? on the defensive end of the floor. Where is that? It's gone. Bye-bye.
0: I also wonder, we'll get more into this later on, how much it will just help this team. This is what I'm going to be telling myself if they don't make any moves at the deadline, Wolf, is how much does it help them to just get through the trade deadline and know who their team is? You know what I mean? Because... All summer, it was like, ah, half you might be gone for Kevin Durant. And now all season, it's like, well, when January 15th hits, DeAndre Ayton might be gone. And Jay Crowder is here, but he isn't here. I think it would probably be nice at some point to just know, hey, this is our team. Yeah. See what we can do.
1: Listen, don't let it go to your head. Okay. That's a
0: good point. (laughs) That's my first good point of the year. I'm going to let it go to my head. All right, when we come back, uh, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you very much, Aaron. When we come back, we'll get back into that Cardinals topic in terms of who you want to see start at quarterback for the Cardinals and what exactly the plan is of that position going forward because that's up in the air at the start of next year, too. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show here on a Tuesday afternoon, and uh, Wolf... So we didn't get to talk to you after the last couple Cardinals games, but now we have this one. The second that Trey McBride scored that touchdown, I immediately thought of you, as I'm guessing most people that listen to the show do, because they're like, there you go. There's play action, under center, work for a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I just uh, don't give me any credit for that, Luke, honestly. I won't. It's just a belief. It's an opinion that I have. It doesn't make me right. It doesn't. Um, I'd like to see it. I do believe this is what the Arizona Cardinals have got to do going forward. I do believe believe they've got to continue to evolve the offense and blend the old and the new I've been saying it for years I, I realize right now if you're listening to me you're you're, you're tired of it. Uh, I, I'm tired of actually saying it. But just because it actually worked in this last game doesn't mean when they start preparing for you that it's going to continue to work. Doesn't, You've got to execute,
0: Luke. doesn't mean it'll always work. They ran a similar play on fourth down. I remember what game it was. and it, Remember where Colt McCoy did it and, and the throw didn't quite get there. But the play was there. But the point is not it didn't work that time or it did work on Sunday. To me, it's like that's something that has been missing from the Cardinals' arsenal, and it needs to be there going forward. Now, whatever, we're not going to know that until next year at this point, but it was it was something to see David Blau be able to do it if David Blau can do it, with all due respect, Kyler Murray can do it, so he's going to need to. Um, this is Cliff Kingsbury on his thoughts on David Blau, just how he
3: approached the game on Sunday. He did, yeah. I think that's his nature. He, the first day he in the meeting room, he just um, has, has that type of demeanor. And, and uh, on the practice field, he doesn't get rattled if he makes a mistake or makes a bad throw. And, and so it's been, uh, it's been fun to be around him.
0: And his thought process on going with Blau over McSorley.
3: Yeah, we'll see where everybody's at. I um, haven't met with the medical staff yet, and gone over those things. So that'll be this afternoon. So um, we'll see over the next two days, kind of how that falls. All right,
0: so that—that's from yesterday. That seems to indicate
1: he's debating between Blau and McCoy, really. Right yeah, there. no doubt about no. that. Yeah, honestly, and you know what? It's so. To me, right now, this is just me, base earnings, but I'm thinking to myself: um, we already know what Colt McCoy is. We already know yeah, there's what no he's point in capable of doing anything with him either. Exactly. So why not just take this guy? You've got one game sample size on, and say, you know what, David Blau, rhymes with cow. We're going to go ahead and actually run you back out into the field and see what you can do for us. Two games in a row. We're going to get a larger, we're going to double our money, as a matter of fact. We're going to get a larger sample size of what we think you might be capable of. I, I would, that's just me thinking about going in and playing the 49ers.
0: Let me ask you this. So, going into the game that McSorley started, I said on the air here that it was like there's nothing Trace McSorley could do in the final three games of this season where I would feel like, OK, yeah, he should be the starter in week one if Kyler can't play. Same thing last week going into the Atlanta game when they said it was David Blau. OK, well, there's nothing David Blau could do in these final two games that's going to make me feel comfortable. If at the start of next year, Kyler Murray can't start week one, that you go Blau starts him and Cole McCoy is the backup. What in your mind do you think they're looking for from him? Both this past Sunday and then this weekend against San Francisco, if, if he starts,
1: just um for him to see if, in fact, he is a guy that should be considered coming into training camp next year. honestly, that's what I think they're that's where I think they're at. Okay. We all know Colt McCoy is is coming back. he's under contract right now. We all know Colt McCoy isn't going anywhere. So now if you're going to go into next preseason, and let's say Kyler Murray is up in the air, right? You don't don't really know when Kyler Murray's going to come back. I think the expectation for the most part is he's probably going to miss some regular season games. I would assume so, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, that's just me. It doesn't mean that's going to be the case. That's just me looking at it saying it's going to take all of nine months for him to feel like Kyler Murray once again to a point where you'd actually run them out, put the silks on them, and say, Go play football. Um, having said that, you probably want to say, Well, who else should we bring in with Colt McCoy going into training camp next year? How, how about the entire offseason, as a matter of fact? And OTAs, who's going to be playing? You want to see what David Blau is capable of doing right now. And that's the reason why. Will you bring him back? As one of the guys that you're going to have in that quarterback room. I think that's what they're going to determine.
0: I thought this was interesting yesterday, too, from Cliff. You know, they asked him, Do you essentially do you prepare differently with different quarterbacks he said he tries to work with all the quarterbacks the same
3: no yeah I try to um, you know work the same with all of them I think Um, with him like I said being that he just had one day of work I may have had a few extra pointers or tips there um, towards the end of it but he he picked it up uh, quickly and he recognized things quickly and got us in the right play and and managed the offense um, most of the game yeah this is a guy that literally practiced on Friday yeah, that's.
0: But to your point, though, he's been in the league, uh, you know, sure. bouncing around for a while. But yes, practice with the Cardinals. But it's Friday. not like
1: he's played a ton of games. No, he hasn't. Um, you know, once again, he he really was impressive to me. I, I turned to Pash at the end of the game, and I said, "You know what? I don't know if I could count. Um, I don't know if I could count the amount of plays that this guy made." where I thought they were going to be doomed based on the type of pressure that was coming after them and the defense that was being played. I cannot count him. He made plays. Um, And not only that, too, I don't think he made a lot of mistakes. You could count on one hand, speaking of counting, you could count on one hand the amount of plays that I thought David Blau made a bad decision or a bad throw. It might have been two or three.
0: Well, he didn't turn... I mean, his his stats are not like anything amazing, but he didn't turn the ball over, and like you just said, he brought this one day with the Cardinals. So he came in and gave him a chance to win a game, and... Maybe that's it. Maybe let's see what he can do a second game against a much more difficult defense, obviously. But now that teams have one game of film on him, San Francisco may be a little more prepared. But if he can go out there and make plays and just be smart about it, yes. then that, that is something to know going into next year.
1: I, I absolutely love the offense for the Arizona Cardinals, watching them play schematically. This was my favorite game of the year to call. Cliff got his offense out on the field and proved that, you know what, he's all on board with putting his quarterback under center, in the gun, in the pistol, using 11 personnel, 12 personnel, running power schemes, attacking the line of scrimmage with James Conner, using play action, using boots, waggles, throwing the ball, throwing the ball downfield. Mixing the old and the new, ladies and gentlemen, I've I, i I've been talking about it for two years and maybe even beyond two years. This was medicine to my soul to see David Blau go out there and run this kind of offense. And I think it proves once again that Cliff is no ideologue. This is not a guy that is trying to be, go out there and say, it's my way or the highway. It's my way or I'm going down. I'm not going to grow at all. This is what we're going to run, and it's going to be 10 personnel, and we're going to chuck that, right? I well, No. Cliff, Cliff showed once again he could put a quarterback in a balanced offense, and that's what he did.
0: And it's not like they won the game, and it's not like they scored 40 points, but if you watched it, it looked a lot Better than a lot of other games this season, which would lead me to believe logically, again, if all due respect to David Blau, but if it's a guy that's bounced around the league and he practiced with you one day and you can run your offense like that, why can't you run it that way next year with Kyler Murray? I think you you would. I think you would have to. I'm starting to sound like you, but I think you would have to. Yes. I mean if, if you if you opened a door and you're like, Yeah, you know what, our offense has been bad all year and this might help it, why would you then next season be like, I don't know. why would we do that? Why don't we get better? So I don't know. Again, big picture when you talk about this team, you don't even know who the coach is gonna be. It might be Cliff, it might not. Uh we didn't even talk about the Jim Harbaugh stuff that came out yesterday that he's like interested in coaching in the NFL. We can get into that, <laughs> but that, that was a real thing.
1: Like Harbaugh.
0: if a team makes him an offer, he's interested in the NFL. So I guess He's done with Michigan, maybe or maybe not. Who knows? All right, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. All right, when we come back. It was a harrowing scene in Cincinnati during Monday Night Football last night. We're going to get the reaction of fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, we're back now. It is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday afternoon after just a terrifying scene in the Monday Night Football game last night that is obviously really all anybody's thinking about. Uh, so this is a good guy to talk to right here, Lorenzo Alexander, who's always a good guy to talk to, but he uh, he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Zo, of course, has uh, has been through it in the NFL. He had some really good years with the Buffalo Bills, knows a lot of these guys. Uh, Zo, thanks for the time, man. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing okay. Obviously, given the, the circumstances and the unfortunate um, incident that took place last night, and you know, Wolf, you know, just give you a shout out, man. he's always thinking about other people. Called me immediately and just to uh, see how I was doing, and so I appreciate that. Um, yep. I didn't, I'm, you know, I didn't play with the young man, but have heard great things. Um, you know, whether talking to Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer, who who he's been backing up all year, and just to, how eager, obviously, he was to live his dream, how passionate he is, and then we've. Seen um the 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 work that he started in the community that now has exploded obviously through this just this, tr- this tragedy um that this young man was just uh one of the best out there um and really fit the bills mode and just unfortunate um what what occurred last night but yeah. again it's just a to your point wolf is it's a sobering reminder that you know our game is violent yep um and it's just unfortunate um with that said, though, you know, just talking to some of the guys, the people that were there last night, they're very hopeful. Obviously, a lot of prayers are needed still, um, but there has been incremental, you know, improvement. What we which we've heard, you know, through the news, and so just leaning on that, clinging to that, and then obviously just leaning on our Father that. Um, that he heals this young man during this time. Amen, man. Amen. Um, listen,
1: I've got to ask you this, and if you don't want to answer it, I'm telling you right now, do not. <laughs> yeah. Do not feel any pressure to answer this question whatsoever. I happen to notice Stefan Diggs, of course, and Stefan Diggs uh, on the sideline trying to yeah. rally his brothers around him, right? You know, we've got to focus, whatever it may be, after this happened. And um, then, of course, We all realized how serious the situation was. Right. And I saw Stefan Diggs actually went to the hospital after the game. Um, That's what I was told. He went after the game and actually talked his way in somehow, some way, just wanting to be near his teammate. Do yeah. you know anything about that, Zoe? Uh, do, 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 can you broaden our horizons on that? Can you verify it?
4: No, no, I can't. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, obviously, we've, we've watched uh, Diggs from afar, uh, how he relates to all his teammates, um, obviously playing the game of football and having a little bit of, uh, of knowledge of who he is, obviously behind closed door, very passionate, um, uh, caring, um, empathetic dude and just loves his guys. And so it wouldn't surprise me. I know there were uh, a, a ton of guys or obviously uh, like Sean and the Lynn Vanderbilt who was um, the team's chaplain, the GM, obviously Hamlin's family that were there. I didn't hear about any family member or any teammates that made it over there, but it, w- it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, um, it just checking I'm sorry, on, on his so. guys. Yeah, just checking on his guys because Wolf, you, you know this better than most. I mean, we spent a ton of time together. Yes. Um, you get to talk to guys, get to know guys. Uh, you love them. You go Right. You go through adversity. And obviously this is adversity, but just, just life together, right, whether it's being married, kids, yep. talking about a ton of things. And these and, and these men, your teammates in the locker room, become yeah. your brothers. And it, and it means something. Yes. And yes. so I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure there's some truth to that because um, guys want to make sure that brothers – are okay. Um, regardless of who's telling them they can't go see him, but just want to check in on him and, and make sure that they're doing as best as they can. He can be and support his family during that time, obviously knowing that his mom was in, in attendance last night as well. It just made me
1: think of Stefan Diggs, and of course he was trying to do what we always do, rally his brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah. we got to refocus. Uh, you know, This is a game and we got to rally our brothers and, and, and then realizing um, what actually was transpiring where the cpr was going on out in the field i i i know what that means to you i know what that means to me um being a guy that was in between those white lines i'm sorry i've never seen anything like that and i think maybe stefan diggs felt bad for what he was doing And actually went to see his brother because of the fact that now all of a sudden
4: there's CPR that was going on out in the field. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're conditioned to overcome and push through so much. I know. You know, we've yeah. seen injuries, and you don't know the extent to what somebody may be experiencing. Yeah. And so you're, you know, we're always, you know, on to the next type of mentality. And it's not a, it's not a mentality to be disrespectful or disregard no. anybody's feelings or trauma that they may be going through. But you're trying to also, and it's just the toughness of this business. And you've seen guys blow out knees, and people just move up 15 yards and yeah. go about it, right? Walk through it. Walk through it, and so, um, I'm pretty sure he felt, you know, in digs that, um, he obviously cared about his teammate, but he's also caring about the guys and he not knowing do we have to play this game or not? Okay, somebody has to step up and try to lead in this that's moment right. and rally around uh what we just saw our brother go through. Um and I think that's what he was doing, trying to be yep. trying to lead in a in a unleadable situation, right? Um facing, you know, life or death that we come to find and just try to uh, get everybody refocused. cuz we, we we you know, unfortunately sometimes, you know, we have a job that we have to still do regardless of the Circumstances. So, Diggs is is a, is a great human being, and uh, was stepping up and doing what what he what he does is wearing a you know a C on his chest. Seems
0: to be talking to uh, Lorenzo Alexander. So I've, I've asked everybody we've talked to today kind of a version of this question. But you you played for Sean McDermott, and I thought with everything that was going on last night, and there was a few moments there like you were just saying where they didn't the players didn't know if they might have to go back in and, and try to play after that, which seems yeah. unimaginable. But I thought Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor just did a really good job of, of handling, you know, they got to handle their own emotions and then the emotions right. of like a hundred other guys with everybody watching.
4: Right. You know, you know, you, also, you often hear like people say character doesn't matter, right? And, yeah. You know, I know Sean to his core. I know the type of man he is, husband, you know, he's a Christian, and character character matters, right? It doesn't matter when everything is going great, but when you face these type of situations, you want men of great valor, conviction, and passion, um, um, and he embodies that. Um, I, I don't know Zach Taylor that well, but I'm pretty sure he's very similar, but... Sean was very adamant that um, they weren't going to play that game. He understood the magnitude of it and was standing firm, um, obviously for his teammates, but Hamlin as well, for the respect of what he what he's going through. Um, and so I, it would be no other person that I would want to be able to walk, help me walk through that situation and follow through that situation other than Sean McDermott, knowing who he is as a man to his core. And this it just embodies what... The whole Buffalo Bills organization, the family, the culture is all about um, is really about supporting your family and, and being there and standing in the gap for, for one another. And, and, and he does an excellent job, one of the best I've ever been around when it comes to, you know, walking through hard situations. Um, and so um, I, have, I have, I mean, he, to your point, uh, Luke, Sean did a, a great job as far as leading in a hard situation again stepping up and, and really uh, – trying to console and make this situation as best as he could, given the circumstances.
1: Yeah, you know what, too, um, speaking of that, um, stepping up, uh, Roger Goodell has got to at this point in time, step up, and, um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory kind of way, it's just everybody is watching him and the National Football League as to how they're going to vet and process and evaluate this game, and what they're going to do going forward, and even talking
4: about it makes you feel
1: slimy does it nods always
4: yeah and, feel, right right and that's and you know and I was having a conversation with somebody else I mean it, you know and, and you don't want to talk about two things at the same time but they you have to deal deal with this as as a business as yes. well I mean it's just part of it I mean it's not the primary thing but it is a part of this situation which is secondary and so um, I don't know what they're going to do um, as far as as far as getting this game put in I think at this at at this Point in time, if he was to ask guys, they really don't care, right? They don't really care if they're the number one seed or not. If they had to, you know, figure it out that whatever it is, our brother had this situation, this is what occurred, and I'm uh, this is what we're going to deal with. But I'm not playing this game or trying to play it this week or trying to do anything else. We're worried about him, um, and just and just kind of and just move on. It's, it's uncontrollable circumstances um, that nobody could obviously foresee or predict. And I thought the league did this best job as they could, because obviously they want to play the game, because there's so much stuff that goes along with it that is, again, secondary to what Hamlin and his family is going through. Um, But it's just the nature of it. And so, you know, obviously canceling it, um, obviously suspending the game was was the best case scenario, um, and they'll figure out, you know, what that means moving forward. Maybe they have one less game, and and if the Bills are the 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 number two seed, they'll live with it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because it was all about doing what was right and respecting what Hamlin was going through during that time.
0: Zoe, so we appreciate the time. Man. I know you know a lot of the guys involved last night, so we're certainly thinking about you, and, and we just uh, we thank you for coming on, man.
4: man I appreciate it. We love you, bro. All right, love you too, man.
0: That's uh, Lorenzo Alexander joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, we will switch gears over to basketball and the Phoenix Suns. Are you seeing what you need to see from Chris Paul? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, over to the Suns, who are in action again tomorrow in Cleveland, finally ending this long road trip through Denver, Memphis, Washington, Toronto, New York, and uh, Cleveland. Schedule isn't getting any easier. They've got Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, Golden State, Denver, Minnesota, Memphis, Brooklyn as their next eight games. <laughs> so those are, those are, Let's see. There's a good amount of title contenders in there, uh, some really good playoff teams, and Minnesota. So that's uh, not an easy okay. stretch right there. No, it is in fact, not. You could argue that all of those games are against title contenders except Minnesota right there. With the way Brooklyn's playing, the way Cleveland's playing, Donovan Mitchell coming off a 71-point game uh, last night into that one. And we were talking about this in the in the pre-show meeting, though, and it talked about it with Kellen a little bit uh, last week. Chris Paul, there are games where he starts to look like, oh, okay, he's Chris Paul. He'll be fine, you know. Then there are games where it's like, okay, he's just an above average player right now. And ideally, the Suns would get to a place where they don't need Chris Paul to be great to get where they want to go. And then if he is, that's awesome. Then they're even better. But they're not at that place right now, obviously. And he's kind of been all over the place by, by, you know, relative to what you're used to from Chris Paul.
1: Exactly. Um, that's, that's the problem. The juxtaposition of Chris Paul when he first showed up here and the Chris Paul that we're seeing right now. Um, there's a big difference there. Now, once again, um, am I worried about Chris Paul? Am I reaching for the panic button? I am not. But Chris Paul. Um, he definitely looks different and his production hasn't been as good as we have seen in the past. There's just no other way to get around it. It's kind of hard talking about it because you're talking about to, to me, a guy that is a legend. <laughs> He's a living legend playing point in the NBA. Yeah, he is. You, you can't expect him to carry your
0: team though and that wasn't the plan before you know, Devin Booker and, and these other guys got hurt. Um, you know, like, look at LeBron in L.A., right? LeBron's still putting up ridiculous numbers. His team's not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain point where you need to have you need to have other guys, and, and that's the way the Suns team was constructed. They didn't win 64 games last year because Chris Paul was dragging them to 64 wins. They may have beaten New Orleans in the first round of the playoffs because Chris Paul dragged them through that. Now you're in the spot, though, and I guess if there's any silver lining to yesterday's loss to the Knicks, you did get campaign and Landry Shamit back in that game. So when we talk about how, you know, going into the, the the weekend, basically five of the Suns' top eight players were out. One of them intentionally, because one of them is Jay Crowder, but five of your top eight players from last year slash this year out going into the weekend. Well, now you got two of them back, which... You're not going to have Booker back anytime soon, it doesn't sound like. At least, you know, what is it, another three weeks before he gets reevaluated? Cam Johnson might be close ish. Tomorrow marks exactly two months since his last game. But um, you, you're going to have to get by. And, and get by isn't just, well, we played the games. Like, getting by is not losing six of seven, that's not losing. Whatever it's been now, twelve of sixteen, that, that or eleven of sixteen, that that's not getting by. Like you're going to have to start winning some games
1: shorthanded, right? And you know, once again, base onions um, numbers. Um, you got to be careful when you look at numbers. You got to be careful. Um, but if you watch the tape and you juxtapose those numbers over what you're watching, in other words, you go ahead and you consider both things simultaneously. Um, if they tell a story, you got to read it. And right now, it's weird to see Chris Paul when you watch him play because he doesn't look like Chris Paul. Um, he's shooting the lowest field goal percentage of his career right yeah. now. Yeah, he is um, the lowest point total of his career as well right now. And he's even shooting the lowest free throw percentage of his career right now. It just looks different when you see that. It looks different when you see shots that he normally makes on a routine basis, struggling to make those shots or at the free throw line of all places as well. Like the um, Denver game, right? He missed five free throws. You If, know, he, hits, if he just shoots I'm like
0: Chris Paul, they just win that game. I'm thinking
1: to myself, you know, it's just weird. And again, I'm not throwing stones at this guy. I've got so much regard and respect for him. At the same time, he looks different. And you have to be able to say that with certitude. Well, the other thing,
0: and I don't want to pin this on Chris Paul either, but Chris Paul plays basketball with attitude. And that just hasn't been there consistently this year. It's kind of like, oh, that's not going well. All right, well, I'll work on that. You know, and and the team, I don't want to say the team is following Chris Paul. It felt like that in the playoff series against Dallas last year, where Chris Paul seemed out of it, and all of a sudden the whole team seemed out of it. And we still don't totally know what happened there. But. It does, you said this earlier, it does feel like something is missing, whether it's the personality of the team or that edge or just something like you're not going to push us around. Like that quote I read from DA earlier yeah, we might be down by 30. We'll come back and win anyway. They don't seem to have that right now. And with Chris Paul, it's like if you told me. If you told me the playoffs are going tomorrow and you're in a pivotal Game 5 of a best-of-seven series or something, well, yeah, I want Chris Paul out there for the Suns. Setting aside whatever happened against Dallas last year, I want Chris Paul. Yeah, But you also have to deal in the reality of there's 44 games left in this regular season. You can't just expect Chris Paul
1: to carry you to wins because he's not doing it right now. You know what we've been talking about all show is the panic button. (laughs) Did you find it? When exactly do you need to push the panic button? There are some people, do you think there are some people right now that have, wanted The Phoenix Suns and push the panic button. I read
0: a thread on Twitter before the show today about how they have to fire Money Williams and James Jones. I would would say that qualifies as hitting the panic button. All
1: right, there you go with the Twitter tough guy. Also, does
0: everybody remember a few years ago before Money Williams got here? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks.
1: (laughs) I'm not saying he doesn't well, have some it, stuff it he feels can work good on. To laugh, it, it does. does. It, yeah, it just like good once good in four right hours. Can I just say that? Um, you, not that you were really funny, but uh, you <laughs> actually said something with a little levity right there. Um, yeah. Can I just say, yeah, it's something's wrong with this team. They got to fix it, and I do believe it's in the air, man. What's wrong with this team? Uh, I don't really believe it's the tangible. I think it's more the intangible. That's a better way of saying it. It's more the intangible than it is the tangible. It's more the the culture that was floating around this team last year and how good and how strong and how powerful that culture was. It won games for them last year. And when you talk about culture, what you're really talking about is dogma. This is what we do. This is how we do it. I'm trying. That's exactly right, and that is gone. (laughs) Yeah, something's just—it's just off. It's and
0: it's so off, you can't even put your finger on what it is. Because you're right, they won games last year. There were games last year they had no business winning because, like, they didn't have it in the first half, and they would just come back and win the game anyway. Because there was that collective belief. Not only on their side, but you could see it like on opponents' faces as the game went on. Like, oh no, the Suns are coming back. We're done. Oh, it's a two point game with five minutes left. We have no chance. You could see other teams start to buy into it. Like, the Suns dictated so much of what happened on the court last year, and this year, there are moments where they're like, "Are you going to let us come back, or should we just wait for Tuesday?" Or you know, like yeah. they're letting the other team dictate what happened. The free throws again; they uh, they attempted seven yesterday, and and the Knicks attempted twenty five. Here's Monty Williams after the game. Hey,
3: look, these guys who are um, Randall gets to the free throw line twelve times. That's more than our whole team. You know what I'm saying? So. Jalen Brunson gets there 11 times. That's more than our whole team. I mean, that, that's hard to swallow. And that's all I'll say about that.
0: they have got to figure something out because talking about it post game is not obviously changing anything. There are, how many times this season have we seen the other team shoot 20, 25, 30 free throws and the Suns shoot in single digits? Like, that's, that is a pattern that has got to get fixed. And yes, some of it is poor officiating, no doubt. Uh, Again, like I said earlier, I don't know how you can officiate a game, walk out and be like, yeah, we gave one team 20 more free throws. We did a good job. Eh, You didn't. But some of it's going to, the Suns have to figure out a way to close that gap before the playoffs hit.
1: No doubt about it. (laughs) Speaking of the playoffs right now, just watching the Suns play, they're they're not a physical team. You, you, You can say that with a straight face, too. They're not a physical team. They get beat on the boards routinely. Um, they get beat in the paint. They don't get to the line, and their big man has one or two personal fouls routinely, night in and night out. You know. Once again, um, I know you want Da to stay out of foul trouble, but at what cost? At some point in time, you got to hack somebody. You got to. It's part of your culture as well. You want to be a physical team? You got to play physically. And this applies for the Arizona Cardinals as well.
0: Yeah, I'd rather have D.A. just go in full speed for 25 minutes than play careful to avoid foul trouble for like 30 minutes because we're seeing, we're seeing the results. It does, it's, nothing is working for them right now. All right, when we come back, what does Gambo think the Cardinals should do at quarterback going forward? And what is his reaction to what we saw on the field in Cincinnati last night? We're going to talk to him next in Big Red Cross Talk. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.